week, but uh, I, I wasn't able to preach, and now I'm getting back in the saddle. I know, it's exciting. It's like, did I forget how to ride a horse or not? I don't know. We'll see. Um, it, it's good to be with you today. It's good to be at Celebration Sunday. I'm so glad you showed up to just to worship and to celebrate the Lord Jesus. Uh, it's it's going to be a fantastic uh, time together today. A little different than what we normally do, but I, I just my prayer is uh, that our, our hearts would be open uh, and receptive to what the Lord is doing in our heart, and that he would be, he would be honored and he would be pleased with our worship today, okay? We're going to be in Exodus chapter 12. If you'd like to turn there with me today, I would appreciate that. Exodus chapter 12, second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. If you don't have a Bible, you uh, can grab one out of the pew rack there in front of you. We'd, we'd love to have you read along with us. We'll be studying most of chapter 12 uh, today uh, as, we, as we look at Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day, uh, as Americans have come to know it, began in the years immediately following the Civil War. But until World War II, it was referred to or known as Decoration Day. And they would take flowers and flags, and people would go to, uh, to the tombs or the graves of the fallen soldiers and remember them with their decorations. And they'd remember them, as President Lincoln had said, those who had given the last full measure of devotion to defend a nation. And for you and I, as we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend, uh, it, is, it is right for us to do the same, to honor those who have gone before us, who have defended and fought for our freedom, and given the ultimate sacrifice. And this weekend is, uh, and this day would be wise to remember the great price that was paid to preserve our, our unprecedented rights, religious and civil freedoms uh, in America. And as we commemorate Memorial Day, Let's do it with gratitude for those who have sacrificed their lives, for the men and women who laid everything down for our freedoms. Uh, what I want to do today in, in honor of those who have fallen uh, is we are going to play taps on, uh, on a video screen here. We're going to stand together and uh, we will salute. If you are a, a veteran of the armed forces or an active duty member of reserve or National Guard, uh, when the order is given from our, our veteran to uh, present arms, you would salute. And uh, for the rest of us who are civilians, we would salute uh, and present our arms over our heart, our hands over our heart, as taps is being uh, played. And then uh, at the end of that, the order will be given to uh, to, to order arms, right? And uh, order arms is to to be done there. Okay, so let's let's stand together, and we will <clears throat> honor those who have fallen.
Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for the sacrifice of the men and women who have laid their lives down for the cause of freedom of our nation. We do not take that lightly, and we do not want to take that for granted. We are thankful that we are to worship freely in this nation. We are to congregate freely, and we're thankful for all our rights that we have. May we stand as a nation on the foundation that's been laid before us by the men and women who have given everything. We honor them today, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. For you and I, as Christians, of all people, should understand the crucial importance of remembering. We, when we remember Jesus and what he's done for us, it spurs on our faith. Christians are a memorial people. We are to be a memorial-type people who commemorate Jesus and what he did for us and put our faith and trust in him continually as he, God himself, sacrificed himself and paid the price for our sins when he was crucified on the cross and shed his blood. And as he rose again, we have victory with Christ and we remember what he did so that you and I, too, will have the resurrection from the dead in Jesus Christ. So today we're going to look at and see how we are to remember his sacrifice. We're going to see how we remember it. We're going to see how we we can partake continually in the Lamb. And we are going to see how we proclaim him to the world with our lives. So we are in Exodus chapter 12. Let me pray over our, our scripture and we'll get to work. Father, we are so grateful to be here today. We're so grateful to remember those who have gone before us, who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom. But more importantly, we, we set aside this time to remember Jesus, who set aside his life for the cause of, of knowing us and winning us back to him. We are grateful that he did all the work necessary as he shed his blood that we could attain the ultimate freedom, the forgiveness of our sins, and the opportunity to be with him in paradise forever. We're thankful for Christ. We ask that as we read his word today, that it would, it would penetrate our hearts, it would challenge us and change us, conform us more and more into the image of Jesus to the world around us. May he receive the glory. And we, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are in Exodus chapter 12 today, and uh, we're going to look at uh, the, the original Passover feast and the Passover time uh, in the Exodus. We're going we're gonna to jump up just uh, to chapter 11 and start in verse 9, but I want to look at uh, this, this topic. What does remembering look like? What does that look like for us? And, and there should be something that we can tangibly say, this is how we are remembering. Uh, and point number one on your notes, it says, uh, God's wonders are multiplied. So what does remembering look like? Well, it looks like God's wonders being multiplied. I want you to know God had sent Moses and Aaron to the, to the Pharaoh in Egypt to free his people from slavery, right? They were, they were in chains and in bondage of slavery, working for the Pharaoh uh, day and night. They were, they were a people of God in chains. And God had appointed Moses and Aaron to go and, and convince the Pharaoh to let them go. But as they went, they would bring a miracle after a miracle after a miracle, showing the Pharaoh the power of God. And, and Pharaoh, in turn, would use his demonic forces uh, to do the same miracles, right? And his heart just continued to harden and harden against Yahweh God, the Lord our God. And, and we wondered, why is that happening? And, and we pick it up in verse 9 of chapter 11. It says, the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that, and here was, here's the reason, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh will not listen 
because I want my wonders to increase. I want it to get more and more and more difficult. I want his heart to become more and more hardened. So when my people are finally freed, the wonders that I have performed won't even be able to be counted. God is wondrous. And as we remember, we remember a wondrous God. It said that his, his wonders will be multiplied in the land. And then in verse 10 it says, Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his land. So what we're going to read next is this, this big finale, what God had finally planned, what God was going to do to reveal himself. And it seems like this brutal horror movie coming up. But it's really the wrath and justice and mercy of God and love of God all packed into one beautiful, beautiful story. God's wonders are multiplied. The more impossible the task seems in our life, the more wondrous the Lord becomes as he faithfully walks beside us. The more difficult things are, the more faithful God is portrayed to his people. And we can look back, and this is the the great thing about remembering, we can look back and remember in awe what God has done through Christ in us and for us. Number two, so God's wonders are multiplied. Number two is this, uh, what, what, what remembering looks like is faith being expressed as we partake in the Lamb. Faith is expressed as we partake in the Lamb. Let's continue reading this story, chapter 12 and, and verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month is to be, to be the beginning of months for you. It is the first month of your year. It says, Tell the whole community of Israel that the tenth day of the month, must, uh, they must each select an animal of the flock according to their father's households, one animal per household. Uh, going on through, through 7, it says, If the animal, if, or if the household is too small for the whole animal, that person and the neighbor nearest to his house are to select one based on the combined number of people. You should go apportion the animal according to what each person will eat. You must have an unblemished animal, a year-old male. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. They must take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost, on the lintel of the houses to which, uh, in which they eat them, the lamb. So let's focus in on the lamb here, and we'll cruise down to, to verse 8 in a minute. Uh, it, faith is expressed as we partake in the lamb. And, and one of the things I want us to understand about this lamb, this, this lamb, this Passover meal, is, is and was a foreshadowing of Jesus, the Messiah, who would come and be the ultimate lamb, sacrifice for us. Jesus was called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, Jesus is our Lamb sacrifice. He became our Lamb sacrifice on the cross, but before that, the Passover was instituted to reflect on, on what the wondrous acts that God did with his people in Egypt and to foreshadow what God was going to do through his Messiah, Jesus Christ. It was all about the blood of of the land. Did you catch that? It's, it's kind of a gory thing, huh? We're talking about animal sacrifice. We're talking about be, putting blood on, on doorposts of your house to secure that spot. But I want, to know, I want you to notice a couple of things here. One, one is this, that Jesus is sufficient. The lamb is sufficient for us. 
Sometimes we think, well, it's got to be the lamb plus a little more extra on my part. Uh, did you hear what it said? In, I think it was in verse, uh, verse 4. It said, if the household is too small for the whole animal, that person and the neighbors nearest the house are to select one based on a combined total. So share it. right? The lamb is big enough. You can share. It didn't say if the lamb was too small for the household. It said if the household was too small for the lamb. There may have been a house too small for the lamb. But the lamb is not too small for the house. The lamb is sufficient for us. It is sufficient for us. And there was this national redemptive quality to what God was doing, but there was definitely an individual redemptive quality that had to take place as well. What we saw in this individual redemptive quality is that each person will eat. You you portion it out so that each person will eat. Each person had to eat of the lamb. It wasn't just, okay, we're covered, we're good. No, you have to sit down at the table and you have to partake of the lamb. And it's, it's an, faith is expressed in that lamb because we shed the blood, and we roasted it, and we're going to eat it. And the blood was to cover and be a covering for the house. And what that leads us to, this next, this next kind of part, portion of, of this expressed faith as we partake in the lamb, is a repentance on our part, a repentance and a, and a readiness uh, in ourselves that we would obey and that we would be ready to to follow Christ, to follow our Lord wherever he leads us. Uh, let's look at verses 8 through 11. I'll, I'll, we'll show you here. It says in 8, 8 through 11, <clears throat> They are to eat uh, the meat that night. They should eat it roasted over a fire along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or cooked in boiling water, but only roasted over the fire, its head as well as its legs and its inner organs. Do not let any of it remain until, until morning. You must burn up any part of it that does remain until morning. And here is how you are to eat it. Dressed for travel, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, you are to eat it in a hurry. It is the Lord's Passover. So there was this repentance that was shown. And what, what was shown there is this, that, that we knew that the people of God at that point, the Israelites knew, they were sinful. And the only way they'd be rescued is from the blood of the Lamb. It wasn't any good deeds they did and how good of a person they were. They had to, had to have their, their sins roasted over the fire, right? That fire represents God's judgment. That God was, God was to judge, right? Refine us by fire. And he would burn away and roast that, that sin. And that's for us, as we partake, as we roast it, as they roasted that, that animal flesh, as they cooked their, their meal, that Passover meal, it was a symbolism of, of them repenting of their sin and saying, I'm turning from myself and I'm letting God take care of my sin once and for all. I'm letting him finish the work over the fire. It said, do not let any of it remain. And I, I thought, what does this mean? What is going on? And I, I want us to understand something here. The work of the lamb was finished. And there was no need to keep leftovers and partake later. You didn't have to do it again tomorrow. The work of the lamb was finished. God had done everything that he needed to do. I think there's a, a temptation to not let the, the blood cover us. There's a temptation to say, you know, the death angel's coming, he's going he's gonna to strike down the, the firstborn. That's what God was doing. He was striking down the firstborn. Because of the sin, because of the wickedness, he was, he was going to battle against all, all, all the evil in, in uh, Egypt, all, all the little G gods in Egypt. 
but you could be covered by the blood. And, and no one was putting blood on their doorpost and then standing by the window looking out. No one was standing outside waiting. He's go into your house and you partake of the lamb. You weren't at the window peering out saying, death angel, are you there? Hey, just remember all my good works I've done. Remember how good of a person in our family is, and that should count too. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. The blood was what mattered. And they prepared themselves. They, they put sandals on their feet. They were dressed for travel, their staff in their hand, ready to, and they ate in a hurry, and they're ready to go. Why? Because they wanted to, so badly to be free. And, and that's what they were working towards all this time, that the Lord would free them from slavery. And in faith, they partook of the lamb, and they readied themselves so that God could free them. And as soon as Pharaoh said, get them out of here, they didn't have to pack. They didn't have to get dressed. They didn't have to get their kids in order. They were ready to go. And you and I, as we repent of our sin, as, as we turn to Jesus and let the Lamb of God and his sacrifice on the cross pay for us, we have to show a readiness to obey now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting dressed in your righteousness now. I'm leaving behind what I was dressed in. I'm leaving behind what my old way of life was. And I'm going to go forward with the newness of Christ in and on me that we would walk in the same way. And that, for us, is faith expressed as we partake of the Lamb. They knew that through the work and blood of the Lamb that they would be free. And you and I can be free in Christ. Christ has come to set us free. Set us free from the wrath and the penalty of sin. And, and listen, there is a wrath. God, there's a wrath put on us and a judgment put on us because of sin. Rightfully so. None of us can stand before God saying, but God, I'm pretty good. Pretty good doesn't cut it. He is God. He is holy. He is pure. There's no pretty good with him. He is super good. He is perfectly good. He is absolutely pure. He is the holy of holies. And our pretty good just doesn't match up. And, but God, because he's just, has to punish us for sin. And we stand condemned because we are. But God wants us so desperately to be with him and be in a right relationship with him. So long ago in this Passover feast, he showed and foreshadowed the lamb and the bloodshed, him being sacrificed on behalf of the sins of a nation, that they would let the blood speak for them. And you and I are to exhibit faith as we trust and believe in Jesus Christ to be the forgiver of our sins. Pretty good won't cut it. When you stand before God on judgment day and say, well, God, I was pretty good. I was a lot better than my neighbor was, and they went to church. He's going to say, it didn't matter. They were forgiven by Jesus, and you weren't. Because you didn't let the blood speak for you. Your household may have put the blood up. Your household may have cooked the lamb. Your household may have partook of the lamb and prayed the lamb. But you never, ever partook. You never, ever believed. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation for you. Today is the day that you need to believe. Today is the day that you remember what Christ has done for you in your place. And what God did is he put his wrath that was supposed to be on me, he put his wrath that was supposed to be on you, and he placed it on his son on a cross. And he crucified him. He killed him in my place so that I could be free. He put him in your place 
so that you could believe and be free. And that's how faith is expressed, and that's how we partake in the Lamb. But we, can, we continue to remember. And part of remembering is remembering this wrath. And that's number three. We, we acknowledge the wrath and we acknowledge the mercy of God. Let's look at verse 12 through 14. It says, I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and strike every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. I am the Lord. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. The blood on the houses uh, where you are staying will be the distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God's wrath was there. God's wrath was ready. And he was about to come down with it. But he said, put the blood up. And, and, and understanding the, the wrath of God is so imperative. Look at verse 14. It says, this day, this day is to be a memorial day for you. And you must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. That we are to remember what the Lord did. We are to remember how good he is through the blood to cover us and to pass over us. That he would accept us and not reject us because the blood of the Lamb. And see, that's understanding the wrath of God helps us acknowledge and understand the great mercy of God. Amen? When we understand that God is, God's judgment and God's wrath is real and it is there against sinful humans, you and I, how, how much greater is his mercy then? When he says, I have to judge you. I have to, I have, to have my wrath put upon you. But if you want, I'll just put it on Jesus for your sake. And then you don't have to have that if you would just trust and turn to me and believe in the Messiah. God's mercy is there waiting to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And though our sins are as scarlet, they would become, we would become white as snow because of the Lamb of God. Not by anything that you or I would do, but by everything that Jesus accomplished. By everything that the Lamb accomplished. He said, he said I am the Lord, or I am Yahweh. He was saying, listen, everyone else, all these other gods, these little tricks they're doing, this is nothing compared to what's coming. And in that statement, I am Yahweh, he is, I am the self-existent one. I am the name above every name. I am the great I am. There is nothing higher. And at the end of the day, at the end of the millennia, at the end of the existence of the universe, I will be the Lord. And I will be the one whom everyone answers to. And I will be the one to whom you must give an account. You can play around with that if you want. You can try this over here, but it's not going to work at the end of the day, understand that there is a judgment coming and you want to be on his team when you stand before him. And he wants you on his team. You know, it wouldn't be very cool coming to worship a God who is passive and say, well, I'll just reserve my judgment for someone else. You guys are, you guys are in. That's not a God to me. He, he's breaking some holiness issues there, right? Some trust issues with me. If you're not ready to be just God, then you're probably not a good God. But we know that God is a good God because he is a just God. And he sent his son, and he put his wrath upon his son for us. And we see the mercy of God. And he said again, when I see the blood, I will pass over. It was not about how good we are. It was not about how many times we came to church or didn't come to church or gave or didn't give. It was about the condition of our heart. 
when we were presented with the message of mercy from God Almighty. The question is, did you let the blood speak for you? And we all can say yes to that at some point. You have the opportunity to say yes to that today, to believe in Jesus, to partake in the Lamb, to escape his wrath and let God's wrath be placed on Jesus for you and receive the mercy of God. Yahweh takes sin seriously, but God also takes grace and mercy very seriously. Number four, what remembering looks like? Well, we would proclaim the lamb as a family. And I want to, you got to follow me with this because it was important as I read this passage and studied this. They are talking about households. They are talking about families. And sometimes we get so individualized, and we need to be individualized. We need to partake of the lamb individually. But our families, both individually, our families, and collectively as a church family, should continue to celebrate and proclaim the lamb as a family. So once we remember and once we partake and express faith in the blood of the lamb, then we would proclaim the lamb as a family. Let's look, go back to chapter 12. We're skipping down to verse 24. Keep this command permanently as a statute for you and your descendants. When you, when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you are to observe this ritual. When your children ask you, what does this ritual mean to you? You are to reply. You are to proclaim. It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and spared our homes. So the people, so the people bowed down and worshipped. Then the Israelites went out and did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron to do. The Lord said, this is, a, this is a family affair. This is a family thing that we do. Uh, obviously, Christ's blood is sufficient for me. And I had to make that decision for me to believe in the Son and receive the mercy and grace that he extended to me. But it is not something that I should hide under a basket, a lamp or a light under a basket, right? A city on a hill. It, Jesus needs to be talked about. Jesus needs to be worshiped. The blood and the lamb needs to be proclaimed everywhere we go. And there are two types of proclaiming. There's individual proclaiming and there's collective uh, proclaiming. We can individually proclaim in our work, in our family, uh, wherever we go, that he is Lord and that the blood, is, blood has covered me. That I have partaken of the lamb. And we can collectively do that. We can celebrate as a family and, and, and break bread together as a family at home. Remembering the blood and body of Jesus Christ shed given and shed for you and for me. And then we come together collectively, corporately, as a, as a church, as a church family. I, I went to Montana for vacation. I loved it. I love Montana. It's my hometown. I missed you. I missed you. Because we are family. This is a family of God. And my heart, it, I, my heart longs to see my dad and my brother and my mom. And, I, and my heart's pulled there. But when I'm there, my heart is so pulled here. Because we are a family, and that's how a family should operate. And a family coming together should celebrate the Lord every, every chance they get together. And today, we get a chance to do that. 
But see, as we proclaim, it's an outpouring of our lives. It's a, you know, I've mentioned that at the end of our services, it's a response time, that we are to respond to the Lord now, that we would respond in prayer or in worship or however he's leading us to do. We always give that invitation time now. It's a response time. You see, when we remember and then we partake in faith, and then when we partake, we go into the proclamation or proclaiming in worship. You see, the families worshipped as they, they partook and they worshipped the Lord, for what he had done. Their remembrance was worship. And their worship was a proclamation to the world. And that proclamation was, as Colossians says, that he had rescued us from the dominion or domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. It's in him. That's the proclamation we have. And our Old Testament family, Our Old Testament family looked back at the Exodus and celebrated it through the Passover, all the while foreshadowing the Messiah to come. They looked back at how God had spared them, how God had passed over them, that the Lamb's blood had covered them, and then they looked forward to the coming Messiah who would be slain once and for all as a gift from God, the mercy of God. And now you and I get to look back at the cross. And now you and I get to look back at the resurrection of Jesus through the Lord's Supper. This is, in, in, in essence, the new Passover feast for us our new form of remembrance. And today as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend, what better day than to remember the body and the blood given for us. Now we're going to see a similar progression of remembering and partaking and proclaiming in the New Testament. If you want to turn with me, we're done in Exodus. Go to 1 Corinthians real briefly. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Chapter 11 will will be in verse uh, 23 through 26. So Paul is mentioning this, and and we know that as as Christ was in the upper room, he he showed his disciples, here is how I want you to remember me. Every time you you break bread, every time you drink of the cup, you remember me. So Paul is reiterating that to the church at Corinth. In verse 23 of chapter 11, he says this. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you, that on the night when he, that is Jesus, was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, the Lamb's body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, in the Lamb's blood the Lamb of God. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You see, there is this, there is this remembering. He says, remember, he was betrayed. I was betrayed. Christ was betrayed in the hands of sinful men. Remember that. He gave his body, right? And he took the bread and they, he broke it. He said, partake of this. Eat of this and drink of this cup. And he says, do it in remembrance of me. He says, for as often as you remember and partake, you are proclaiming the Lord until he returns. Until, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? That's what we proclaim. Today, we're going to do something different. And I don't want you to feel rushed. I don't want you to feel too awkward. I want you to feel ready to partake, ready to remember to partake and to proclaim the Lord. 
We're going to have an opportunity here. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up on stage right now, please. We're going to have an opportunity to, to do that today, to remember, to partake, and to proclaim. As the worship team comes back up, we have the Lord's Supper is set up here in the front. And we're going we're gonna to have a song that's just, that's just going to be the music playing for the first song. And that opportunity is for you just to pray and to remember and to think about and have gratitude for what Christ has done for you. And during that song, as, you, as you've prayed and as you're ready, I want you to come forward to receive the Lord's Supper today. You, you come as you feel led. We aren't going to pass out the elements today. They are up on these two tables on the side. And we're at, what we're asking is that you would come forward. And, that you, and, and if you want to make it about you and your family, that you and your family would come forward. Don't worry about the person behind you. Take whatever time you need celebrating the Lord's Supper. And if, if you want, you, still, you can celebrate it right here. We're kind of, kind of trying to make a flow, kind of come up the center aisles and back down and around the sides. But there's, there's a little, little empty plate over there that you can put your cups in when you're done. Or you can go back to your seat and you can, you can partake of it at your seat solemnly whenever you want to take of it. But it's for you and I to partake as we collectively remember, as we collectively partake, we are collectively proclaiming and worshiping the one who gave everything for us. During this Lord's Supper time, you're going you're gonna to come forward and, or, or you can sit there. Well, guys, we're going to have like three or four songs opportunity for this. We're gonna, this is our opportunity to respond as Christ's bride. Take, take your time. Take your time. If you need to do it right away, that's fine. Come on up when you're ready, though, and you can receive the Lord's Supper, okay? Um, last thing as we, as we close here, as I close the sermon time. Today what I want is that, that we would remember Christ's body and blood as we partake. And as we partake, that we would, as the family of God, proclaim him through worship and our lives. And tell the world that the Lord, who died according to the scriptures, was buried and he was risen on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he is coming again to make all things new. Amen? That's, we want to tell the world that. And we want to tell each other that and reiterate that constantly to each other. One of the things available today, I've asked the host to come forward as well. They're going to they're gonna come up and, and have their communion time. And then they're going to be kind of on the corners here of the platform. They'll be here for prayer. If you'd like to pray, maybe God's just stirring something in your heart. And before you want to receive communion, you want to pray about something, they'll be here to pray. If there's an overflow of that, I'll be here too. I'll come up and, and pray with you as well. But we'll just come on up the middle and, and as, you, as you want with your family, with your spouse, or, or by yourself, come up and worship as a family of God, partaking in the elements. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and partake.
There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. like a flood comes flowing down at the cross at the cross i surrender my life i'm in awe of you i'm in awe of you where your love ran red and my sin washed white i owe all to you
small sacrifice if not join with my life I'll sing in vain tonight and may the words I say and the things I do make my life so
Shout it out. And I will stand upon your truth. 
today is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm giving you my fears and sorrows. Where you leave me, I will follow. I'm trusting in what you say. Hey, today is the day. Amen, amen. I bet you didn't know what you were getting into when you came up to church this morning, huh? <laughs> hey, what's about worshiping the Lamb, the Savior? And I, I, my prayer, you guys, and for me and for you, for us, is that we would continually remember. We would continually partake in the Lamb and the blood and, and remember and celebrate that amongst ourselves and our families and our church family. And in doing that, we would proclaim our mighty God to this desperate world. God is good. All the time. God is good. Thank you, guys. Let's pray together. Father, you are so good and so gracious. And God, we thank you so much that you walk alongside of us, that you are a God who is present with us. God, we thank you, of course, for the redemption that you've offered through the blood of the Lamb, your Lamb, Jesus, who was slain upon that cross and who rose again, giving us victory over death, that we, we would have life because of Jesus. We'd have freedom because of Jesus. We'd have mercy and grace because of Jesus. And now that we have Jesus, may he be present in us and through us as we partake and proclaim day after day that the Lord is good. And we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a great week. You're dismissed.